be going pretty fast here because we've had a lot of difficulties this morning as I shared with you earlier. I just want to thank you all for your patience and your kindness. And as you see, our screen is over here. I still am echoing, I guess, but that's okay. We'll just go with it. Um, we, Pastor Larry last week shared with you that you were going to be talking about the Ten Commandments or the Big Ten, the Sinai Code. And so today, the first commandment that we're going to talk about is no other gods. No other gods. And I want you to take first and take a look at the scripture that's in your bulletin. It's out of Deuteronomy 20. And this is what God says. It says, Then God gave the people all these instructions. I'm the Lord your God, and I rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything. In the heavens or on the earth or in the sea, you must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other God. Now, I don't know about you, but God makes that pretty clear in some things. But if I took a look and really thought about what he was saying, is if I, we have a slide with some idols on it. This is what he was talking about. When we read that scripture, because it says, no, don't bow down and worship any graven images or anything like that. And I just lost my idols, so we're good. But that's okay. <laughs> what? Are, <laughs> well, you got a real good glimpse. I don't, where do I need to stand? Like, I, I like to walk around. Anyway, this is very difficult for me. Uh, the graven images that you just saw on the stage. They are up there. That's what they made back in the Israelites where they were when God spoke to them and gave them this first command. That one little dude on the side with the little cone hat, that was actually Baal. And you read a lot about Baal in the Old Testament, that they worshiped Baal. In fact, there's a story in there about Mount Carmel where they had 500 priests. And those 500 priests were worshiping Baal. Can you imagine worshiping a little statue like that? They really thought those statues had power in them, and that's what they bowed down to. And God gave them that commandment. So if I asked you all out here, if I said, do any of you bow down to any of those graven images or little things that you make? Would any of you raise your hand? You have to talk back. Okay. No, you wouldn't, would you? So we could really just take our little pen and check that off and say, you know what? I'm good on that first commandment. I don't have any other gods before me because that's not what I bow down and worship, is it? So, but if you take a little bit deeper look at this verse in Deuteronomy, he says at the end, he actually says, you will not bow down to them. And then he goes on. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. So if we break that down a little bit and we start to look into our lives and we start to think about what takes, what in our lives takes priority, what relationships become before God, what activities come before God, what recreation do we put before him, sports and different things like that, music, what is it that we put before God and really think about where your affection is. And so I want to just kind of go through some things. How many of you are Indiana Jones fans? How many of you have seen the new movie? Yeah, I've seen it twice. Anyway, 
And that was by default just simply because we went at two separate times. But anyway, I got to go see it twice. Indiana Jones, when he was on a mission, he was focused. He was focused on whatever it took, whatever obstacles were out there. He was focused on the goal, and he was ready to go. And he did it no matter what. And, you know, God wants the same thing from us. He wants us to focus on his mission and what he has for us, and he wants us to press forward and run the race no matter what obstacles are in our lives. I know in the new movie, those of you who saw the big ants, that would have just did me in right there. But anyway, he kept going, didn't he? Because he had something more powerful, and we have something more powerful on our side, and that's the power of Christ. And so the first thing I want to just share with you about this no other gods Because really what you need to focus on is what do I need to do in my life so that doesn't happen, that my affections are not turned to something else in my life. And the first thing you need to do is give God your all. Is to give God your all. You know, and when we talk about Indiana Jones and we talk about the movies that he's been in, I just am amazed that have you when he gets in those fights, like they just slug him and slug him and beat him and beat him and beat him. And then what he's still standing up. Now I don't know about you, but I'm not gonna and I know you guys would say, Oh yeah, I could do it. That's me, I could take it. But the truth is, really no man could take the beatings that he 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 gets in there except the fact that it is a movie, so he can take them because he is an actor and he is in the movies. But you know, God wants us when we're walking in with him to give our all and to take whatever comes our way, just like this morning, everything that came and happened, we just got to give it to God and let him take control. He wants us to give our all to him. And Pastor Larry, last week, he had you all, several of you prayed and gave your life to Christ. And some of you recommitted your life last week. And in that, what took place is that just began your journey. That's just the first step with Christ. It's just the beginning of your journey. Because Christ wants you every day to live for him. It's not just a one-time thing that you pray and I'm safe and I'm in heaven. Because that is true. That is, your eternity is sealed. You are, when you said that prayer, yes, you're going to heaven. But God wants more than that. He wants everything about you. He wants your whole life. In fact, take a look at my little friend up here. I have a little friend. Oh, I'm sorry. We've got a scripture instead. It says, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's what God says to one of the churches in Revelations. Have any of you been playing sports? Who played, who played yesterday on a Saturday? Yesterday, any sports guys out there? Yes, like 12 o'clock noon, I saw him on the field playing, and I happened to think about this first. Now, what if I had brought you a lukewarm glass of water yesterday at the end of your game? What would you have done when you took a swig of it? You would have spit it right back out. That's exactly right. And that's what God says to us. He says, if you're neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty gross, and I don't really want to be spit out by God. So I want to check out, you know, what it is. How can I avoid that? What can I do that I don't get spit out of his mouth? How can I be hot and not cold or not in between? And our little guy here on the fence is kind of like most of us. That's where we are. 
we're sitting right there on the fence. We've given our lives to Christ, but we don't want to get on the side with God. And we really, because we kind of like the world a lot, so we can jump off when we're around certain people or certain circumstances, and we can be like the world. But then we can hop back on that fence when we want to. And I'm doing, you're going to hear me with my feet, with my mics. Anyway, and then when we're doing the church thing, then we're on the side of the fence with God. But you know what? God says to us, you know what? I don't want that. I want you to give your all. I don't want you to be on that fence. You need to make a decision which side you're on. And if you said that prayer, the truth is you can still be sitting on that fence and not living for God. Because there's many people that profess to be Christians. And God says to us, you know what? Don't carry my name around if you're not going to live for me. Now, does that mean we're perfect? No, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. And we, he asks us just to come, confess, give it to him, and he'll take care of it. But we need to be working on those areas. But you know what? If you want to live like the world, then live like the world. But get off the fence so he doesn't spit you out of his mouth. In fact, take a look at the next scripture that he says here in your Bible. In Deuteronomy, it says, Listen, O Lord, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must not love the Lord your God with all... (laughs) Now, didn't I just say that? Did you hear what I said? I said not. Did I not? Now, you know that this is just an attack. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. God wants every part of you. He doesn't want just part, just a little piece of you. He wants everything that you are. He wants you to live for him each day. So one of the ways that you can avoid these no other gods in your life is, one, to give it all to him and get off that fence and start living for him. Now, the second thing that we can do is we can outwit our enemies. Outwit our enemy. I say enemies because I really do feel like we're under attack today by more than one. Anyway, we are to outwit your enemy. Our enemy with Indiana Jones, he had lots of enemies. And one of the things that was interesting about when you watch the movies, he knew about them. He had knowledge about them and he was able to, you know, go against them because he was knowledgeable about them. And then when you look at that and you tie that over into God, God wants us to be knowledgeable, but not so much about our enemy. He wants us to know a few things about him, but really what he wants from us is to know about him. And the way that you outwit your enemy is this. Take a look at your scripture in First Peter. It says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Why do you think that God gave that first commandment as no other gods? Okay, people have to speak back. Like, why do you think that God gave you that commandment as the first commandment? That's right, Joy. That's exactly right. God knew before you were even born that you're going to have trouble with this. The Israelites had trouble with this. In fact, they got carried off many times into bondage because they didn't listen to God. And he knew that that was going to be the thing that was the 
thing that would hold them in bondage the most. And so he listed that as the very first one. When we go and we talk about the others, you'll see they'll say, don't lie, don't commit murder. But actually, no other gods gets like a paragraph because he knew we were going to have trouble with this. But not only did he know that, but Satan knew that too. Because it says in that scripture in First Peter that he goes around like a roaring lion looking at who he may devour. When he says that, you know what he knows? He knows that this is going to be a problem for us. And not only does he know that, he knows each one of you out there, he knows your weaknesses. He knows what's going to set you off, what's going to trip you up, what's going to cause you to fall. And so the best thing that you can do to outwit your enemy the devil, is you need to stand firm. And not only do you need to stand firm, but you also need to place your faith in who God is. And one of the things that we can do to stand firm is what you all are getting ready now to talk with your leaders about is one is you need to determine what your distractions are. One of the ways that you can defeat the enemy is first you got to know what it is, what your weaknesses are. So you need to determine your distractions. And so you're going to take a few minutes, and as we said earlier, think about those relationships, the things that you do, and the activities that you're in. Think about those things. What takes time in your life? What does your schedule look like, and where does God come in that schedule? Is he at the beginning, or is he at the end? Can we have the house lights? And it's actually determine your distractions should be your next fill-in. Everybody has to wake up. Well, I think Mr. Brent got me fixed up again. I'll tell you what. We are, can we pull down the, because I can, can you all hear the music? Well, then I'll just be in my own little world up here and I'll sing to you all. We were talking about determine your distractions. When you determine your distractions, I heard some really good ones out here. I don't know. Um, one of the things they said was school is a distraction. And um, the truth is school is a distraction in that the, when it comes to putting God in place. How many of you get up at 6 a.m. in the morning? How many people? If I heard of 530. I tell you, I do not. You guys get up so early. So what if I said to you, make a half an hour before that? Are you going to get out of bed a half an hour earlier? You're going to roll out at the time, the very last minute that you can stay in. And then when you hit school, what starts to happen? You get into your schedules. Then you have sports activity afterwards. And then by the time you get home, you got homework. One of the young ladies shared with me it takes her quite several hours during the evening to get her schoolwork done. And then you go to bed, and then you start all over again. Is that a typical day for most of you? So where do you put God in that equation? Where do you, And many of you, it's really difficult, isn't it? It is not an easy thing to do. But the last thing I want to share with you that is so important, and this is why it is... You really need to think about where you spend your time. Because I would venture to say that in that schedule or in that day, you might watch a half an hour of TV. Do any of you watch a half an hour of TV? Um, How about playing a video game? 
a video game. So there is time during that day that you do things that you probably didn't even think about, but you did them anyway just because it's part of your day. But the final thing and the main thing that is so important for you to do that keeps you from putting these other things before God is to spend time with God daily. To spend time with God daily. And you know what we just talked about? You have two scriptures there in your, um, I had to walk back here, two scriptures there in your um, bulletin. And it says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and exceed in all that you do. In each of those verses, it says to meditate. Well, how do you meditate on something if you have never read it? If you haven't read it, it can't be in your mind, and therefore you can't think about it, because that's what meditate means. It means to think about it. So if you haven't done that, it's hard to do that. But God says this is what is very important, and I don't think there is a leader here. And let me share with you, our leaders are in the same place that you are. I have a young lady that's in one of our young adult small groups. She gets up at 5 every morning, and her day ends at 10 every night. You know what? It's hard for her to get a schedule. Adults are the same. Work is just like school for them. They have to make time. They have that. But they can tell you at your tables that that is the number one thing that they need to do each day is to spend time with God. So I want to offer to you one of the things that we have. I don't know. How many of you have ever had a one-minute Bible? Josh, one minute. Do you have one minute during the day to spend reading God's Word? Yes. All right. That's my leader. Yes. One minute a day. Could you carve out just one minute to put God's Word in your heart? That's all it takes. It's broken down so you read a passage of Scripture. It takes you one minute, one minute a day. And we have some these one-minute Bibles. We have some back there with Mr. J., and so if you all would, if, one, if you would like one of these, pick it up. Now, if there's not, I don't have enough back there for everybody in here. But if you want one, he'll take your name down and we'll order you these. Because I believe with all my heart, this is what is most important. If you don't know God's word and you don't spend time with him, you're not going to know what he wants out of your life. You're not going to know how to live for him. And you're going to be on that fence like that little doggie. You're not going to be going anywhere. So you need to see Mr. J if you would like one of these Bibles. I want to take a few minutes and pray for you, then give you your final challenge. And we have a couple of videos up. We forgot a video in the beginning, but I think we have it for the end. So let's just take a few minutes and pray. Dear Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for this day. And Lord, I just pray that you would just... Help the, each of us here, Lord, to really think about who you are. And, Lord, really think about in our daily schedule, where can we spend some time? What is it that we can carve out? Is it in a ride, like in a vehicle, back and forth to dance class or music lessons or wherever it is that we could carve out enough time to spend with you? And, Lord, I just want to thank you for each of the students here. I thank you for their hearts and who they are. And, Lord, I just want to just lift them up to you and today as they go out, Lord, that you would help them to see where it is that they need to be spending their time. And, Lord, I just want to give you all the praise and all the glory for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.